everybody, Luke McElroy back again for another Physiology Secrets. I just put up a post on Facebook and Instagram talking about um, some factors affecting a criterium sprint finish, so a cycling sprint finish at the end of a one-hour race. So I wanted to jump on and create a podcast on the lines of that and just talk about the differences between a, a sprint track cyclist, so someone doing like a, a flying 200, which lasts you know, 10 seconds, or and compare that to a, a crit sprint finisher who might be doing a sprint finish at the end of a, a one-hour race or or even you know a seven-hour stage race or something like that. Okay, so um, typically, I mean, you think about the body type of each sprinter. The track sprinter is generally very, very, very large leg muscles, quadriceps and calves in particular, and just all over muscular people. Um, even upper body is quite muscular too. Okay, so they have a, a much bigger, more mesomorph type body type, so bigger, stronger, um, faster essentially, than a traditional sprinter would from a criterium or a multi-stage race. So um, the question that I want to cover is, you know, would a would an elite track cyclist, sprinter, be able to um, convert to be an elite criterium or multi-stage day race sprinter okay so i want to cover off the differences between the two and um, the factors affecting the performance so i'll start with with the 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 200 meter flying 200 meter um, sprinter on the track okay so the event lasts for you know less than 15 seconds Um, it's closer to eight to ten so it's not a long time and there's three energy systems that we can use to fuel performance. We have what we call the ATP PC system. Um, we have the anaerobic glycolysis system and the aerobic glycolysis system. The ATP PC system, it is used predominantly in events lasting less than 10 seconds. Okay, so this is the 200 meter sprint that we're talking about. The ATP PC system, it doesn't last very long. Okay, we only get enough energy for about 10 seconds. We we get the least amount of energy out of all the energy systems we can use, but we get it. We the, the rate of the energy release and the energy production is explosive. It is the, the quickest energy system that we can tap into. Okay, so although we can't use it for very long, only about 10 seconds, we can get the most power and the most energy from that so just think of it put it take the science out of it practical standpoint if you are fresh and you do a 100 meter sprint running or a 200 meter sprint cycling or, or anything in the pool go for a 50 meter sprint not even a 25 meter sprint you can reduce a lot more energy there and you can go a lot faster compared to if you had to try to hold that same pace for five minutes 10 minutes 20 minutes right it just makes sense so the energy system that a sprint cyclist will use is, the, is predominantly, you know, 99.9%, the ATP PC system. The anaerobic glycolysis system, that's gonna be used for things that are sort of 10 to, oh, 10 to 75 seconds, but it's, it peaks at about 30 seconds. So that's more your 500 meter time trial on the track, for track cycling. That's your 200 meter sprint um, and your 400 meter sprint for running in athletics, okay? That's, that gives us, more than double the amount of energy the ATP PC system does, but it doesn't give us it nearly as quickly, okay? It's still pretty quick, but we don't get it as quickly. You start to fatigue after 10 seconds, right? Um, you can't hold the same pace as you can for a 10-second sprint for a 30-second effort. The last one's obviously the aerobic system. That's the one that most people use as an endurance athlete. Um, we, get, we get 18 times more energy than the aerobic system. We get about 40 times more energy in total than the 
um, ATPPC system, but it's the slowest of the three. We can't go and sprint forever. It's a sub-maximal workload. So, uh, sirens, not all clear. Um, so going back to the differences, a, a track cyclist, 200 meter sprint, is gonna use the ATPPC system. A, a crit cyclist doing a sprint finish or a multi-stage racer doing, oh, yep, yep. someone's just breaking the law, that's all right. Um, and a, a multi-stage crit racer doing a, a sprint finish, they're gonna use predominantly the aerobic and the anaerobic glycolysis system. They will not use the ATP PC system at all. The reason they won't use it is because the only way that we can replenish and recover and start to use the ATP PC system again is if we completely stop, okay? So we have to do a passive recovery, which means we, we literally just stop doing activity, okay? Um, look at, if you look at the crit cyclists, you look at shot putters, you look at um, discus throwers, weightlifters, you don't go see them doing a lift and then doing an active recovery and running around or walking around. They just literally sit down, they recover. It takes about three minutes to fully replenish um, that energy system, all right? So you might do a 10 second sprint and then you're gonna literally sit down on a chair for three minutes and then you're gonna go again because you're gonna be fully replenished. So because the, the crit cycling is, you know, an hour race or, or longer or whatever it is, we don't have that system anymore because you're not, you're not, you're never completely resting, all right? You're gonna be cycling, even if it's low intensity, you're still gonna be cycling, right? unless you're going down, um, you know, down a mountain for a few minutes, for three minutes or longer, then I suppose you can start to replenish it. But at the end of a sprint, generally it's pretty hot and heavy. They're going 60 k's an hour for the last, you know, K or two, and then they sprint at the end. So they've, they don't have that ATP PC stores anymore. Okay, so they have to rely on the aerobic and the anaerobic glycolysis system. Now, track sprinters, they can produce a lot more power than the crit sprinters, no doubt about it. The reason they can produce more power is because they're using a quicker energy system and because they have larger uh, larger leg muscles, all right? They're fast twitch fibers, so the, the ones that, the, that are um, explosive in nature and produce energy very quickly, they have a lot more of them. They have a larger proportion of them genetically, so they genetically are, uh, most of them are genetically tailored to sprint events. And through training, heavy, heavy resistance training in the gym, power training, plyometrics, they then maximize the potential of those fast switch fibers to contract. Okay, so they're very much a sprint anaerobic event, whereas the crit cyclist is not, not so much. Okay, so what determines the, the winner of a track cyclist is basically who can produce the most power. Okay, essentially, there's, there's no drafting in a, in a 200, in a flying 200, so that doesn't take in, that's not taken into account. Aerodynamics obviously is important, so you want to be as aerodynamic as possible, but essentially, it's if you have this two, two athletes who are riding the same line around the, around the track, whoever produces the more power is going to be the winner. Okay, flip over to crit cycling, and it's that, that, uh, it's all about anaerobic reserve and tactics, okay? So anaerobic reserve, that's basically how much, how how fresh you are leading into a sprint, okay? So it, it, it takes into, a lot of, a lot of, into account a lot of things, all right? You need to be fit, aerobically fit enough to get to the end and feel relatively fresh. You then need to have the, uh, the anaerobic capacity to be able to produce high amounts of power above VO2 max and hold it for, you know, a significant amount of time, whether that be five or 30 seconds, depending how long the sprint is, okay? So although the, 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 the crit sprinters will not produce as much power, they will produce it for longer, number one. Um, 
And they have to be able to do it after having all these other fatiguing mechanisms in play, holding onto the peloton, chasing down breakaways, having a build-up of lactic acid. They are not coming off a three-minute recovery. They're coming off you know, potentially seven hours of continuous training. Um, so they, they, in terms of crit cycles, what determines the winner is a couple of things, like how fresh you are leading into the sprint. So you need to have a high VO2 max, a high um, lactate threshold and ability to tolerate lactic acid. You need to be protected from the wind so your teammates play a part in that. You, don't, you want to be drafting as much as possible so you can save some energy. Um, tactics leading into the sprint, again, not being too far up the front that you get exposed to the wind, but not being so far back that you have to you know, cycle over 10 blokes to get in front of, to, to, to win the race. Um, and you need to have, what, what else is there? High level of motivation. So you need to be really highly motivated to, or same with track sprinting, but you have to be highly motivated to give a maximal effort. Um, and you need to have glycogen available because we're using, we're not using ATP PC system, we're using anaerobic glycolysis and aerobic glycolysis. So we need that glucose, the carbohydrate, the glycogen to be available so that we can actually turn that into explosive energy. Um, so at the end of a seven hour race, if you have hit the wall and you don't have any glycogen left, you're not gonna do very well at the sprint. So there's a lot more factors for your multi-stage race and your crit cycling um, sprint finish. So coming back to the original question, would a track cyclist be a good um, crit cyclist or multi-stage race cyclist? Uh, the short answer is that they, that they would have the, the potential in terms of power output and muscle fibers. Um, but they do not have the aerobic power and the aerobic capacity to be able to be successful in their current state because they don't need to worry about the aerobic stuff because all their, their stuff is purely anaerobic. It's 10 seconds or less. So they would get dropped over mountains. They would get, they would probably struggle to even sit in the peloton because they don't have an efficient aerobic engine. So what they would need to do is they'd probably need to lean down because they're going to be fairly heavy athletes. They're going to need to lean, lean down, increase their power to weight um, ratio over over you know the medium and long distances and do a lot of aerobic conditioning in order to be able to um, sit in with the peloton and get to the sprint finish relatively fresh. So would an elite sprinter get elite track sprinter get to an elite criterion sprinter? It would take a transition period. Would an elite tr track sprinter do well at an amateur level criterium? Absolutely, they would be because the intensity is not going to be as high. They're going to be able to get through aerobically as they are just by being smart and drafting throughout the whole time. Um, so I guess as a, as a quick summary, and sorry if this was a bit aminari, um, it's peak hour traffic, so it's a little bit harder to, to talk and concentrate when I'm trying to go in and out of lanes. But um, so quick summary, track sprinters, so 200 meter sprinters, for example, they need to have a high amount of muscle mass in fast switch fibers. They do a lot of maximum strength training in the gym, a lot of plyometrics and power training because their sport is purely anaerobic using what we call the ATP PC system. It doesn't give as much energy because it's only 10 seconds and less, but it gives us very, very explosive and rapid energy. Um, and the only way that we can replenish that and recover is by having a three minute passive recovery, okay? So they're using purely that. That's why they rest at the end of their uh, event rather than continuing to do an active recovery. Flipping over to the, to the criterium sprint cyclist, a lot more factors. They need to have the aerobic capacity, so the VO2 max and the lactate threshold in order to get to the end of the sprint feeling fresh. And then they also have to have the anaerobic capacity to be able to produce high amounts of power for sort of five to, to 30 seconds and also part the tactics of, of trying to be as, as close to the front as they can without being exposed to the wind um, and the tactics around that as well. So um, hopefully that was an interesting insight. Um, any questions, let me know. Otherwise, I'll speak to you soon.